This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by patrons from patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. All the lovely, lovely people out there who have decided to support this show that they enjoy by giving us a couple bucks a month. And uh, yeah, we really, really do appreciate it. Thanks. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a Kindled favorite. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses to the Catacombs of Carthus. Uh, big thanks to Steve Gaynor for joining us uh, last week. We uh, uh, let him go. Do, do we say that? We're, we're recording this before the actual episode. Yeah, we, don't quit, we, quit, quit fooling. Quit pretending. We, we will the, have uh, let him we go. Don't know, we don't even know what's happened. Like, that, we could die during that episode. Like, I know I say that all the time, but like that episode could literally not exist. <laughs> two two and satellites. only the appendix. Two satellites simultaneously fell on both Portland and Cincinnati. It's, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe that it would be a coincidence. It's a it's the Bilderberg group. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the Bilderberg group. They got us. Mm. Um, yeah, when the uh, when the moon hits your town like a a big cannoli crown. Yep, that's Illuminati's house of pies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so we have not recorded that yet, but we are going to record your responses. This is just scheduling nonsense in the the summer of like crazy <laughs> scheduling. Yep. Uh, which will not end. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no, it's it will, not bad. It will, it's all good. But I just it, mean we have more craziness coming. That made it sound like it's really bad. I just mean that like it's going to keep getting crazy. Well, yeah, until August, and which at which point it dies down. I don't even know when yes. this episode's coming out. It might are. It might already be good by then. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get us started with uh with some follow up. Uh, this letter specifically is from Alan. Um, however, yes. this was brought however, to <laughs> hundreds of people. Yep. No, that's not quite true, but a lot of yeah. people have brought this up. So thank you, Alan. Thank you, everyone who brought this up. This yeah. is always what happens when there's a like a, a correction or like a major oversight that we make. And it's it, I appreciate everyone who who brings it up. Yeah, uh, It's just funny that it always ends up just being like, <laughs> well, that's my Twitter. So I'm going to get one of those about once a day. Yeah. For the for the foreseeable, it's funny when it's when it happened more than six months ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, we also got letters from Mikhail, and uh, part of Dakota's letter was about this, and then a bunch of people on Twitter. Um, but uh, but Alan says in the Fair and Keep appendix, Gary, after reading out David's email, wondered whether the other lords of Cinder gained the same ember-like effect on their clothing. This moment was one of my favorites in Dark Souls Three, helping to justify the Ember mechanic and underlining the importance of the uh, the importance and power of the, of the fire in a way the series hadn't touched since they linked the fire ending of Dark Souls One. Uh, it also helped sharpen the game's thesis that despite Hawkwood's mutterings, the Lords of Cinder are, like the player has always been throughout these games, simply a powerful person to link the fire. Um, specifically referring to the fact here that um, uh, yes. The lords of, or sorry, the abyss watchers uh, do kindle, as do all of the other uh, lords of fire, and he provides um, lots of evidence here and links and stuff. And this recurs throughout the lords of cinder fights: Aldric, Yorm, and the twin, hmm. uh, two princes. <laughs> one two <laughs> yep one kneels before you um yeah. uh gain the effect they both kneel before you. yes um yeah, it's um, very sad most prominent in their clothing um please find the relevant links below to verify my statement yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I just didn't, uh, it you didn't, know, like it's it's hard. Those little details are hard to pick out, I think, during a fight. Yeah. For me, because uh, you're fighting. Yeah, I see, like, like all of the aesthetic goes away, and I just see wireframe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, do- like, I'm imagining hitboxes and dodging. Yeah. And stuff, but they do all get kind of uh, fire-related powers uh, at some point mm-hmm. halfway through, which is neat. I don't know, like, exactly what it means. Yeah. Um, if they are literally, you know, embering up, but, like, uh, it is, uh, they do gain p- fire powers halfway mm-hmm. through. It is, one, uh, so. if, if they are embering up, that is a cool thing, and there's enough there for it to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> I mean, it's, when I say I don't know what it means, I'm not saying I doubt that it happens, I just don't mm-hmm. know exactly what that means in this world, other than yeah. just kind of like, If they're like, you know, powering bar- up. Borrowing the power of the flame to help, you know, help keep themselves alive, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, Which it doesn't is, like. I mean, that's what you're yeah, doing when you yeah. ember up, right? <laughs> <laughs> is borrowing the I, power of the flame maybe i think so but it doesn't feel like it's like it's not a, a zero-sum game like it doesn't mm-hmm. subtract from anything it's just kind of weird like if you're borrowing the power of the flame like the flame is also this limited resource mm-hmm. uh in the in the world and like it doesn't seem to hurt anything to yeah. do that it just kind of you just kind of like embodying it yeah what is the what's the uh the real quick pull up that ember uh <laughs> Thing. yeah i'll do that, see if that, does that yeah. gives any uh insight you go ahead and do that while i read the next response yeah. um, um yeah. or did you already get there no no go ahead oh uh so gordon says via contact um he disapproves of this area uh he says uh, i'm sorry gary but this one did not come together for me there's a great visual uh these are moving on to things about the catacombs of carthus of course uh there is a great visual promise with the central pit and if the level had played more with that it would have been a lot more interesting than the nondescript catacomb catacomb level number 291 Bone spheres were a hilarious escalation of wheels. However, they've moved into another dimension. This <laughs> um, is be oh, dumb shit. bone discs. <laughs> yep. Oh shit! They're spheres. And then all of a sudden, there are 4D skeletons looking looking yeah, in on us. Bones are a flat circle. <laughs> yep. um, hyper hyper bones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a hypercube made of femurs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't necessarily disagree. This is not uh, my favorite area in the game. No. Um, it is surprisingly weird to do this before we've actually just talked about it, though. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yes, it is. We've only done this a, a handful of other times. It's such a slight area, you know, and we're, we're going to cover that in the in the episode. Like, it is like a pit stop into a different kingdom that really just kind of comes through in the item descriptions. And, you know, like, visually, there's nothing going on here. Like, it's 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 pretty chalice dungeony. You know, in the terms of just like a lot of right angles and tunnels, yeah. you know, not quite. It's not the chalice dungeoniest, <laughs> but it's fairly chalice dungeony. And there's some joys to be had. And I like skeletons, and I I like the boss a lot, but it feels very disconnected from the rest of the game to mm-hmm. me. Uh, so it it also did not come together. It doesn't have like a, a strong central conceit of the level. Like those spheres almost are a thing, right? That would have would have been something else they could have really leaned into in addition to a pit, yeah. but it just didn't really happen. Yeah, and, um, some, uh, some great moments. But. Like skeletons devoid of, you know, a lot of other context. Like, you know, in the uh, uh, Huntsman's Cops, they made just a little bit of sense because, oh, it was people who were, um, you know, kind of disgraced by the Iron King in, in uh, the, uh, the just the catacombs, you know, catacomb prime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was related to like the giants and the people who were interred there. Like there's just not enough to give this kind of like context. You know, and, you know, there's not enough to say how this exactly fits into, you know, undeath and immortality in, Anything. in the yeah, Dark Souls no, universe. No yeah. um, Ember's description. No unkindled can ever truly claim the embers that burn within a champion's bosom, which is precisely what makes their yearning for warmth so keen. Ah. So okay. this so maybe is... I, is. Are those like other champions? Are they the embers, like the remains? 
Well, they borrowing I mean, power? so the 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 image of those of of the ember, it is a uh, it is kind of a charred and still burning like ember of a of a uh, humanity um, or mm-hmm. a, a human effigy, right? So I can only assume that it is you know, uh, like the 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 ashes of 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 somebody who was kindled, maybe. Yeah, like you're yeah. you're using up a person. It's not like uh, just borrowing ambiently, kind of magically. It's right. like their their power, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is it, it is it is their power, which may or may not have come from the flame. Like I don't know. Yeah, like I don't initially, know. I a, don't. You know, like an Olympic flame kind of thing. Um, uh, moving on here to uh, to Gwillem, who uh, voices some severe disapproval. I res- I kind of resented this area at the time. With the benefit of, with the benefit of hindsight, I've reconsidered, and I now resent the ap- absolute fuck out of this area. <laughs> Mostly, it's the callback problem again. I'd hope that the game might be building to some kind of point with its gratuitous recycling, and this area pushed that hope into sheer desperation. It wasn't even pretending to do anything new anymore. It was so openly artless that surely it must have been uh, that it, surely it must have been great art. Uh, it was the only logical explanation. Any moment now, the curtain would be pulled back, and we'd see that no, they weren't lazily phoning it in. They were in fact being very brilliant. The catacombs' artistic aspirations uh, don't seem much loftier than just killing time for a bit, and aside from the few minutes where it decides to also be the depths, there's pretty much nothing that can't be accurately assumed uh, from reading the first word of the area's title. Uh, maybe from thought an injection of dungeon crawling on Wii would make the Irithyll skyline drop our jaws further. Maybe it did. It's not even a bad area. I actually really liked the boss fight, though. Uh, sorry, though anything that involves a screen-sized skull looming out, out of the darkness uh, is pretty much guaranteed to win me. Uh, the rest was just too, too familiar, though. Um, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, you know, again, some really great moments in this. You know, I like that. I mean, if they're going to have an area that's about skeletons and taking one that just turns the skeletude <laughs> up to 11, like, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, but... but uh, I have to admit what's happening there is just I'm kind of being blinded by the gimmick of it, you know, and just kind of liking what they've done by bringing this enemy that I missed in Dark Souls 2. And, you know, it had no place really in Bloodborne, but like I miss the reanimating, you know, really fast curved sword people. Right. Like, you know, it's like like those trappings, I feel like were enough to get me through it in the first go through. But like right now, all that we have is that short story about Wolnir. It's really unmemorable. Imagine it being 1.5 times as long. <laughs> like it would just it would just be, you know, so bad. Like it yeah. Um so yeah, mostly mostly on down down on this other than again the goof, you know, the moments that we talked about in the episode or will yeah. talk about we'll or have. are currently talking about <laughs> or will have to be talking about yep. or will have having been talked about. <laughs> um Matt says via contact uh, Farron's Keep and the Catacombs of Carthus created an interesting ju- juxtaposition during my first playthrough. The former feels like we have been accustomed, uh, like we have been accustomed to in Soulsborne games in terms of evolving level design across titles. That is to say, it's the most recent refinement in the line of the Valley of Defilements, miasmic progeny. Uh, the latter, in contrast, seems to be recombining elements from both Sen's Fortress and the Catacombs from Dark Souls 1 together, rather than drawing from just one genealogical line of refinements in level design. While I don't believe it succeeds consistently at all times, the recombination of the traps, boulders, and the rough internal architecture appearance of Sens with the regenerating skeletons and bone wheels from the catacombs makes for an interesting experience. I am torn between whether Soulsborne games would be better served by more efforts towards innovation through synthesis, or if they should just stick with laboring down single pathways until they craft what I assume will be the platonic ideal uh, form of a poisonous bog in digital space. 
Also, the Katamari skeleton boulder was just wonderful. <laughs> I, 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 here's here's a third option. Mm-hmm. What if it they just did different stuff? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I don't know if I need to see the uh, the the you know I mean I don't mind there being a swamp level and everything. It's a kind of tradition, but like mm-hmm. I definitely don't feel like we need a catacombs level in every game. <laughs> Right. And, you know, uh, a version of every single one of these tropes, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in each game. so saying, hey, we're going to continue, you know, innovating through synthesis. I mean, that feels like a really pale form of innovation, which is like, hey, we kind of had everything laid out in the, you know, like we, we, we did it all right the first time. And as opposed to just stopping, we're going to just try and like bang those parts together. There has to be a new part somewhere and there are yes like the you know like the the, 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 there are these little like shining moments that come through but how many times have we said like hey this is this is like latria this is you know like this like there's only so much you can get by you know just kind of like iterating through you know synonyms like that or you know similes yeah yeah agreed yeah like i would like to see uh you know and again that's just i think it speaks to the oldness kind of of the series even though it it happens in bloodborne too which is not Mm -hmm. in the same world but they're still just kind of like this is like latria this is like stuff we've seen mm-hmm. there's less of that in bloodborne than there are is in dark souls 3 but it's still there mm-hmm. you know so it is uh it does make me i mean this is we talked about this a lot but like i'll play you know i'll play whatever if a new souls game comes out if sony decides to make bloodborne 2 i'll obviously play the shit out of it but uh i would love to see them just take on a different setting and yeah get out of some of these tropes because uh as somebody who doesn't really feel like Farron's keep is like the platonic ideal of a swamp i <laughs> don't know that the platonic ideal of any of these individual tropes is really worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. even if I really love them, I love sense <laughs> fortress. Yeah. Um, Boaz, uh, Boaz or Boaz says via contact, uh, pyromancy is my favorite expression of magic in the souls games. So having pyromancies explicitly diverged from the great swamp school is intriguing. Karthus took to pyromancy the way Farron did to sorcery, a way to enhance martial prowess. Acid surge canonically had an unknown, uh, provenance, in the first two games, but making it a pyromancy of Karthus adds context to previous lore and places Karthus in the world alongside those other kingdoms. I'd love to see Karthus itself, but given the age of the catacombs, I'm betting it's a bit of a wreck. (laughs) If you don't call it out in the episode, the description of Acid Surge has some fantastically bleak irony. Karthus swordsmen attached great value to victory and would not shun the use of pyromancies, or such pyromancies, for where is the honor in death and scoured bones? And yet that's all that's left of Karthus. It reminds me a lot of the poem Ozymandias. The last line is even in pentameter. Uh, as a final note, I never learned that you could climb down the bridge uh, before Woolner. I just stood on it and surfed down. <laughs> Much more exciting. <laughs> That's what I've always done. But mostly oh, yeah. I've, not, I've never sur- I didn't know you could surf down. I assumed it killed you. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, again, you, weird tensing. We would have brought up that description. Yeah. Uh, partly because everything we know about Carthus is from these descriptions Mm -hmm. so more or less we have to bring that up and it does it is a really cool kind of poetic bit since they are all skeletons (laughs) and is also kind of shows that these are these warriors that you know put out did away with what is commonly referred to as kind of honor as opposed and you know and instead uh victory by any cost Mm -hmm. yeah and you know i'm always down for when a different kingdom or a different culture harnesses these elemental powers in a different way you know, yeah. like that, 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 that is one of the, one of the cool things about kind of the iterative approach to, you know, these, uh, kind of repeated stories around this. Yeah. 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 You can see, uh, and th- we got a little bit of that, uh, in the Artorias of the Abyss thing with like black flame and the kind of the, um, the dark 
Yeah. You know, dark magics. And we get it here too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, and then, and hexes too. Yep. That's, so that's kind of what hexes are as well. Um, those kind of, uh, it is neat when people magic as a way of charting the way that different cultures kind of, uh, express their values yeah. is a really cool thing that the series does. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Brian says, so I'm farming shackles from the large red-eyed scalabros in the catacombs, which is arduous, but I have subsequently had a fair amount of time hanging out with the giant skeleton boulders. After more casual observation than one should really endure, I have come to the conclusion that the skeletons that, uh, that uh, compose that boulder are having the, most fun, having the most fun of any enemy in the game. Rolling around, smashing hero and foe alike. I can just imagine them overdubbed with a sound clip from the early nineties of people on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I look at the, I look at the skeleton boulders. I see remains being desecrated. I know they don't live there anymore, but I still see it as an indignity. I never thought to overdub. Don't stop me now. <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> the, I, they are, uh, I, I don't know if I even thought of them as being joyous, but I also didn't think of them as being undignified. I think it was one of those things where like, it's just like, Oh, come on. <laughs> like the idea of the idea of painting anything serious onto them is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're just giant. Like, I don't know, but uh, my, my roommate was playing uh, demon souls and he got to Latria where there's the first big corpse ball. Yeah. And that thing is somehow disturbing and cool. <laughs> and I don't know exactly how that works where this ball of flesh is actually scary but you replace it with bones and it becomes the goofiest goddamn thing in the world. <laughs> well, I like, mean, okay, imagine uh, somebody with uh, with putrefied flesh hanging off their bones doing a cool dance to marimba, you know, as they're mm. like they're missing their jaw so their tongue is kind of hanging loose, like their hair is sure. coming out in clumps. Replace that with the same person 4 months later and they're just bones and all of a sudden what was a ghastly display becomes I think flesh is the uh is the missing element in that. Flesh is is scary. That is the uh the skeletons and and souls of darkness are just like that's entirely the point is that they just have fun. <laughs> so like and that's all they want to do is like hang out and tell jokes and play in bands. Yeah. And stuff. So I think that is true as we as we lose our flesh we become uh stronger and better. Yeah, well we're we're just rocks <laughs> at that point. Like Yeah, boil me. <laughs> hey turn me into one of skeleton friends yeah make me make me into soup come on man yeah yeah exactly soup, hey, soup, let's, soup. let's take uh, stock of the situation yeah oh. um yusuf says my contact uh having played nearly all of the souls games i find it difficult to be surprised in the same way that i was constantly mortally surprised when playing the first dark souls but even the cynical old warrior was not ready for what came my way as soon after entering the catacombs. I was descending a long, narrow staircase on my guard when I heard a rumbling behind me. I jumped easily out of the way as a huge boulder flew past me harmlessly. It registered barely a thought, a trifle compared to the nightmare of navigating through Sen's Fortress's uh, Boulderville's halls. Um, I had forgotten about it and was looking up the staircase to see if there was a culprit who had tossed it when I heard the strange rumbling growing behind me. <laughs> I turned just in time to get smacked in the face and tossed off the bridge, glimpsing dozens of tiny skeleton skeletal limbs grasping out from what I had mistaken as a simple hunk of rock. <laughs> I laughed out loud to myself and applauded a truly hilarious and well-designed trap. I'm glad uh, that even this far in, Dark Souls has something new that will kill me in a totally unexpected way. <laughs> even if it's this new, uh, new version of the boulder trap. Like, yeah. there you go. Like, it, the, the silhouette is just different enough that it could probably baffle you. And the idea that it rolls back uphill, you know, yeah. is also... Yeah, that, that is... Because it, it, it doesn't make any 
goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I don't. It's just it's somehow. I mean, it does because the the yeah, well, way it makes sense is there's a yeah. skeleton with a fancy hat. No, it's it's a skeleton with a fancy hat <laughs> controlling with his mind. It's, I, I it's picture, even less logical that they're pushing I, I, themselves. I, I picture him mind controlling all of them to like, okay, all the ones at the back, you guys push as it uh, as, as it hits and go. Like, yeah. I, I, I kind of see him uh, conducting this this uh, this glorious marimba symphony. Well, they literally just explode when he get, when he dies. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, they don't know what I would to love do. it if they would. As opposed to them, uh, if if the what you were describing, if that was the case, I would love it if like when you killed the hat skeleton, they just stopped rolling mm-hmm. because I just uh, one of these things just kind of like aimlessly listing around <laughs> would be like fantastically creepy. Yeah, you know, like just as a, as a physics object, you could push around and didn't actually do anything. It would be awesome for invasions and stuff too if you could oh, yeah. like roll these things over people <laughs> hide behind them i'll take control of them yeah <laughs> and then like literally literally get that katamari hat. yeah <laughs> and then it becomes the nikita from metal gear solid oh shit yeah yeah man we just made a cooler uh, not game but a cooler like feature for uh for, that would be yeah, neat for something that that, yeah. that isn't there uh so, so something about what a the... cool covenant that would be man think about a covenant that like let you you'd park like hide your character and then you got to take control of monsters in the uh the area oh yeah like it put you in the like whatever the strongest monster was in the level, it put you in control of it. Mm-hmm. And when they uh, that is a, like a <laughs> when you, when you got killed, uh, then it would uh, you would transfer to the next one, but they could very easily find you. So it's uh, yeah, they, you they, trying they, to protect your body. Yeah, like when when you transfer, you make a, you let out a scream so they can kind of triangulate mm-hmm. where you're at. But they're trying to you know you're controlling these monsters, uh, and they're trying to find your your body, your yeah. out of body experience. That thing as as soon as possible. Like maybe all the monsters get a little bit stronger. It's just a more direct. Uh, it's a more direct uh, grave lording. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool though. I yeah. like to control one of these things. <laughs> some uh, so some behind the scenes stuff about the way these are put together. Um, so I've made an effort this season to kind of arrange these to mimic the path through the level. So if there was like general stuff or stuff about the beginning, I'll put it there and then I'll end with the uh, with the boss stuff. I don't know if you noticed that, Gary, but it's something that I've worked hard to do. Um, I, I didn't. Yeah. Sorry if that, that's the answer to <laughs> no, no, the it's worst fine. possible answer for uh, explanation of effort. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But I've, I've, I've done it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's subtle, but I'm proud of it. Um, so, you know, when I was looking at this, we got so many people who just wrote about the boulders. I feel bad leaving them out, but everybody who wrote about anything also included the boulders. So it was hard to figure out where to put them. Yeah. 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 Well, because there's only two, there's like three things that happen in this level. Yeah. It's like Boulders, Bridge, Wolner. <laughs> you know, it's really all that's noteworthy. Yeah. Let's see here. Tom, uh, Tom writes via contact. Uh, one of the things I love about From Software is the way that they come up with brilliant gameplay ideas and then have the confidence not to spam them all over the place. Nintendo does the same thing with Mario games, and I think it's the mark of a developer at the peak of their powers. A lesser game would be full of skeleton balls and rope bridges, but I love the fact that they only exist here. It helps them live long in the memory. Speaking of which, I love the boss fight. It was totally unexpected and capped a really entertaining section. Dark Souls always serves up a good skeleton zone, and this one is probably my favorite. It is. They don't. Uh, it's good that they don't reuse those things. Yeah. I, there's a couple of skeletons that end up in the area below here. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the uh, Karthus kind of swordsmen things, but for the most part, you know, the skeleton balls, the bridge, you know, mechanic is unique. Yep. Which is really cool. Yeah. And that bridge mechanic is really pretty hidden. I think. <laughs> um, and also hides a fairly big area of the game, which uh, is not something that lesser development developers would do. So another thing that I respect that developers do that is kind of exhibited in this level is like hiding their content away. Yeah. You know, which I, I really like. Yeah, and we've talked about that since, uh, I mean, like, blood, that was a huge thing about Bloodborne, too. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, even even with the painted world, like that's something that's been part of the show. I think that that's something from more or less does yeah. just about all their games, except maybe Demon Souls. But uh, even Demon Souls has huge optional. Like there's whole you know sections of uh, like two two you don't have to explore. Yeah, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Doug says by contact. Uh, the Catacombs of Carthus contains what may be my favorite moment in any game of the year. The moment where a hundred Ray Harryhausen skeletons or Skelulons. Bonulons, <laughs> please. Uh, Bonulons. I like Skelulons too. Hmm. They're both pretty good. Skelulons, Skelulons. Um, <laughs> Like uh, <laughs> There's something about uh, well, the uh sound that makes it sound more, uh, yeah, Yuland like. Um, these uh, these skull Yulons, uh rose up and chased me, uh, has left me gobsmacked. Ordinarily, one enemy in Souls is a duel, two or three is a puzzle, four to five is a difficult puzzle slash endurance test, and six or more means you've messed up and aggro too many. But a swarm? <laughs> I can't recall anything like this before. The closest thing was the zombies outside the cathedral, but they were slow and easily avoided. These deadites, however, each pose a threat individually, so as a collective, they appeared initially to be an insurmountable obstacle. Most games at this point would just take over and resolve the problem in a cutscene, but here uh, I got to use uh, one of two Indiana Jones solutions, cut to Temple of Doom Bridge and watching them fall, or I could lure them back uh, to the Raiders of the Lost Ark folder and let them get crushified. <laughs> to me, uh, this is what makes for a true gaming set piece, not just the illusion of agency, actual agency. From there was something almost comically ridiculous at you, unless you fend for yourself. It almost seems like the developers got drunk and said, fuck it, put in all the skeletons. No matter how hard it is, someone will learn how to beat it with a rock band guitar anyway. <laughs> I, I love that idea, even though I think that the actual, uh, they want you to run to the boss, Yeah, I think. like, uh, But the idea of, like, I never thought about bringing it back to the, the boulders. No. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, I only, I mean, uh, I will have said this in the episode, I only discovered the the bridge cut by accident by fighting some of them on the uh, on the landing because I didn't yeah. know that I was going to be running straight into the boss fight. You try to like 300 them. Yeah. You know, like they're they're all at one end of the bridge. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, they they, they come pre-bottlenecked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Dakota says via contact. I enjoyed the catacombs of Carthus and the boss fight with Lord Volnir. Um, I absolutely loved the gimmick with the bridge and always giggle when I, when I can send a whole crowd of skeletons plunging to their deaths. Uh, the rest of the catacombs were slightly less memorable for me, but I still like to hang out down there and play with the big skeleton swordsmen, uh, especially since they're a great way to get items that help with the ever-popular bleed builds or sharp gems. As for Volnir... I was very pleased to hear that Gary also liked the boss fight. There's something about the chance to take what uh, what little he has left and send him plummeting into the darkness that I liked as a game mechanic. I think it's a great example of an interesting and unique fight. Although he's huge and immortal, not even those advantages can stop him from succumbing to the abyss. Yeah, I mean, we, we are going to have been, will also, will do, talk about uh, the boss in the when we actually get to the episode. Uh, and I love the way that this boss, because uh, you don't defeat him. Right. Like, you you don't actually, you can't kill High Lord Wolner. Yeah. He's he's the best. Like, he's, he's <laughs> you know, he's the king of all skeletons. All you can do is give away, you know, get rid of his last way he's clinging, you know, into this world from being sucked into the abyss. The last links of the, in the chain that is yeah, uh, kind of holding him. The yeah. things that leave him comfort. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and Randy says, via contact. Carthus, it's probably the dusty D&D archlich inside me speaking, but something about the bone zone catacombs resonated with me. 
Maybe it's the all right angle corridors filled with an internal, uh, eternal, <laughs> internal skeleton party. That's what I have 20, 24 seven, um, an eternal skeleton party. Maybe it's the corpse catamaris. Maybe it's the weirdly, uh, weird cowardly hat skeleton that seems to be driving them. Whatever it is, this place just screams old ass Dungeons and Dragons model module to my wizened ears. Be still my fist size dust clod. Uh, most wonderful of all though, is this area's boss. Oh my good golly. Wolner. What a cool fight. I suspect that this is not a popular position on the matter, and I understand that it is a relatively simple puzzle boss. In fact, so thin is the veil uh, that masks this mechanic, I stumbled upon the solution accidentally by way of simple hackums and slashums. Uh, Haculons and slashulons, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but thematically, I love this boss so much. From the opening where you have the Stark Room containing naught but a grip of candles and a sippy skull... <laughs> Uh, you know, spooks are on the menu. This is a good response. Uh, but, but it is you who are to be sipped upon, and the skull takes you into an abyss-choked cave. After an incredible reveal, you then proceed to fight a giant lich inside its own goddamn phylacrity, a phylacrity made out of its own skull. Uh, the idea of fighting a powerful figure inside its own reliquary uh, just tickles me to no end. Uh, not only that, the fight itself involves you destroying the one thing keeping this powerful yet terrified being safe from the only thing that scares it. You go into a lich's safest conceivable place, his own soul bungalow, and forcibly condemn him uh, to his worst nightmare. It's metal as fuck. It's real good. <laughs> I will no longer say the word body. I will just yeah. say soul bungalow. Soul bungalow is very good. <laughs> this is my very this, this is very good. This is my yep. favorite Jimmy Buffett album. <laughs> Damn it! I was going to say yeah. it's my favorite clarinet album. Oh, <laughs> you know the album by the by the instrument clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd let you say it just so I could have could have really wanted you real good. Like, um oh, no, that man. is that is a good uh that is a good explanation of, of why i like this boss yep. um sippy skull <laughs> so and uh just finally here we've got some just fun and uh we're okay uh, parker says <laughs> uh via contact here dark souls 3 is my first souls experience i have since started into dark souls 1 and it has been a time meeting my friends and foes from 3 for the quote first time is super cool Seeing what would be an earlier version of this recursive world is sometimes breathtaking. It was hard to adjust to a world that, through the game mechanics, feels more hostile and punishing. No fast travel, enemies not leashing, less invincibility frames, slower combat, harsh. I guess this message isn't really going, going anywhere, but thank you for the show. P.S. Fuck Basilis, though, for real. <laughs> yeah, that that is that's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, other people I know, other people who have done Dark Souls three first. I mean, we had Stuart on the show, and he had done. Started with that, correct? Uh, Bloodborne. Uh, yeah, he started with Bloodborne. He has not done the uh, previous Dark Souls. We was talking about going back to them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is an odd place to be. Yeah, and uh, we we hypothesized that that person existed um, in some of the early episodes of this season, and I'm very happy that uh, that people are taking this opportunity to go back and explore. And uh, yeah. uh, it, would that I could see this series through your eyes, uh, and also would that I could experience Dark Souls One for the first time again. That's that's what I really want. <laughs> like, like that's that's the that's the cream filled crumpet right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if yeah. I'm bargaining with the genie, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you can only have one thing. Um, thanks everybody for your responses. If you have anything to say about the first part of Irithil, yep. uh, so this is going up uh, through Pontiff Sullivan. Uh, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. Um, as mentioned in the regular episode, a brief uh, or a mild kind of revision to our spoiler policy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I we get, again, timey-wimey. We have not discussed this, but we talked about it because in looking at the Earth Hill stuff, there are things that hint that come after it. Um, so 
this is your this is your last stop to get off spoiler right. town um you're pretty close to the uh like if you want to mainline it you're pretty close to the end of the game i know it's oh, yeah. only it's it's only august and this season goes on forever but like <laughs> um you know uh after after this there are no punches pulled um yes we're, we're going to talk about that thing that i bleeped out in the uh in the uh, whatever episode with austin you yeah. know <laughs> like so you're, you're gonna get uh so if you are playing along with the show and people have expressed skepticism that those that person does exist uh we hear from them they do exist if you are playing along with the show now is the time to take two evenings and get ahead of the show yes uh because uh the next couple episodes are going to be we're going to start talking about some doozies mm -hmm. um if you have anything to say about those doozies though uh that episode where we're joined by uh, bob mackey from retronauts uh duckfeed.tv forward slash contact yep um and you know the usual things uh patreon um itunes ratings and reviews um uh talking about it with your friends uh, that, mm -hmm. All of that helps us out, and um, I don't know if we're going to have any deleted scenes. No, we we are under a weird time crunch. So, yep. um, thank you guys very much for uh, for writing in, and uh, we will see you in one. Oh, and uh, we had an ama amazing Skype problem. So, if the edit is weird at any point, or there are any weird things, that is why. Yep, uh, <laughs> we are by, beset by time problems and just like the worst uh, internet. It thing. is. And I don't know if it's Skype's fault. <laughs> Skype or Comcast, though, the two most popular companies in America. <laughs> One of them must take the fall. Oh, um, man. It is the it is as though Lord Volnir is reaching out from his goblet and uh, crimping the connection that, uh, if, that binds us. If Skype us. is his, his right bracelet and Comcast is his left bracelet, and then, like, I don't know, uh, Cincinnati Comcast is his <laughs> other left bracelet. Let's smash them all and send this beast back into hell. Bleh. Um, and end the podcast forever. Umbasa. Yeah, I guess not. I guess not the end <laughs> podcast. I didn't think about that. I actually like this piece, Umbasa. <laughs>